We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Pokushevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it into the foul. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast Post Game Edition. I am your host for today, Taylor. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. You can find us, the Uncontested, on all sorts of social media, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, TikTok, speaking of YouTube, be sure to go and subscribe. You, If we can get to 400 subscribers, excuse me, we are planning to do a, uh, a live uh, post-game, or <laughs> I keep saying that, post-trade deadline podcast on thursday um kind of leading up to the deadline itself and then we'll actually go live and record a podcast uh, after that um and if we hit 400 subscribers on youtube we will be doing our third poku giveaway pack very exciting stuff so be sure to follow us there all other social media platforms um like i said i'm hosting today but if you listen to the saturday podcast i said that a certain jacob niffin would be hosting tonight but somebody was so caught up in his workouts, getting all big and strong these days, and uh, but he was still a good trooper and decided to join me today. Jacob, how's it going, man? It's going, man. It's uh, <laughs> it's a busy week for us here at the Uncontested. Yeah, I was at the gym <laughs> watching the game, working out, and I was looking at Twitter, and I was like, why is Taylor tweeting from his <laughs> personal account? When he's covering the game for us tonight, he should be tweeting from the podcast account. And then I looked at the schedule, and I said, Oops! My bad. <laughs> I was supposed to have the I game. I took tonight. over at half, so okay. Taylor took over. Shout out to Taylor. Um, but I I agreed to come on and and duo this one, and then I'll have Wednesday's post game, and like Taylor mentioned, Thursday one p.m. to two p.m. Central Time, we will be live here on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you can catch the stream. So make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Last hour of the trade deadline, we'll just be hanging out. We're going to react to all the Woj bombs with you guys. Uh, I will be here. Silva plans on being here. Um, Taylor, depending on what his schedule looks like Thursday. I I think so. I was hoping to maybe be able to take off. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm very, very swamped. But 
uh, I'm probably going to skip lunch that day, like just kind of grab something really quick, eat at the desk, and then I will uh, kind of do what I did last year where I throw in the AirPods. Won't be the best audio quality, but I'll at least join either leading up to the deadline or for the 30-minute uh, podcast, kind of take my lunch break late. So, uh, there so you yeah, go. I'm planning to make an appearance. So Taylor will be there. <laughs> Nick is closing on his first home purchase on Thursday. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that live on the show. Um, yeah. So if he, depending on what his day looks like, he will join us. Uh, I don't know if Justin will be back from – uh, the beautiful state of Make Colorado. <laughs> uh, but if he is, maybe he can join us as well. So we're going to have a fun post fun or pre, I guess, pre deadline leading into post deadline show. Um, and Nick actually just dropped a tweet on the uncontested Twitter of all of our uh, predictions on what, what's one player that'll be traded at the deadline. So you guys should go check that okay. out. Technically and he said gun to your head. And, yeah. You know, it was a little more threatening. And so we can't answers head, and then he tweeted can't out. name a player that's going to get traded. I'm just going to shit my pants because I'm afraid I'm going to die. So, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of two teams that have been in trade rumors recently, um, the Warriors, not so much recently as much as they were maybe just throughout the majority of the season and, and heading into the season. Regardless, Jacob, there was a basketball game that happened tonight prior on, on the Monday before the trade deadline. Uh, like I mentioned, Golden State ends up being beating OKC 110 to 98. Um, a really, really fun game. Ended up being a very fun game. Just like a quick, like, 20-second recap off the top of my head. Uh, first quarter, OKC. I actually have that screenshot if I can find it. 15-7 to 7 start. Uh, held Golden State 2 of 9 from shooting. 1 of 7 from 3. Two forced two turnovers. Uh, all five Thunder players scored. Um Let's see, at the end of the first, it was 23-20, and OKC's defense held the Warriors to 35% shooting. Unfortunately, that did not continue into the second quarter, where the Warriors really kind of got their, their lead. Um, and and if it wasn't for that quarter, I'm not sure. I mean, it probably would have been an even closer game than it was down the stretch tonight. Uh, I believe they went something like 6-13 of 13 from 3 in the second quarter, which obviously was much better. Um, third quarter happens. Not a whole lot of defense from other team from either team. Uh, Baisley really goes off huge quarter for him. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of him in the, in the fourth quarter, but a really good performance from Baisley fourth quarter we had, which we'll get into the, uh, what I'm, what I'm calling the masked Lou dunk, uh, the masked Lou highlight oh, play, dude. just insane. Um, and then the thunder go on a run. Yeah. It's some really poor defense there. Mark Dignall calls two timeouts very close together, uh, because he was very frustrated with the, the thunders lack of defense. Uh, on that side of the ball, letting the Warriors just kind of get to the rim with ease, even without Steph and Clay on the floor at that point. Well, that turned around very quickly. The Thunder even go to a bit of a full court press, uh, create quite a few turnovers. I believe they get the game down to like five points at one point. Um, Clay comes down, hits a three. Um, then I don't know, Baisley gets like a really nice rebound, but then he goes down, does some like ridiculous turnover in typical Baisley fashion. Uh, and then we had a Clay Thompson. Um, you know, a little PTSD. Uh, he gets going from the three-point line, and that was basically the game. Uh, some old game six <laughs> memories. Like I said, just uh, off the top of my head there, going kind of quickly. Yeah. So, so some interesting team stats, Taylor. Um, both teams went 13 of 17 from the free-throw line. I find that fascinating. They, they were identical from the free-throw line. Very. Uh, Thunder out-rebound the Warriors by 10. They out-rebounded the Warriors by 12 on the offensive glass, although half of those that came on one big. possession yeah. uh, that ended with the Lou Dort dunk. Yep. Um, Thunder scored 26 points off of 18 Warrior turnovers. 
but the big difference here, Warriors shoot 50% from the field where the Thunder only shoot 41. Uh, Warriors have 30 assists where the Thunder only have 21. Um, I, I think that's your big difference there. Uh, and that's Warriors part hit, for the season, right? Warriors hit 35% of their threes, made 15 of 43. Thunder only hit 30.5%, 11 of 36. Uh, four, a difference of four made threes for Golden State. Four made threes is 12 points. Thunder lose by 12 points. I'm not saying those four threes were like the absolute difference in the game, but um, that, that that's kind of where you were at with this. Yep. And then when you look at the the box score, the Warriors had um, a handful of big contributors. Uh, Wiggins had a good night. Curry, Thompson. Um, but I think Kaminga. I think the, the the big difference: Kaminga, six of eleven from the field, sixteen points, four rebounds, four assists. Um, he's probably the difference maker tonight. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think you're you're pretty spot on there, uh, especially from the. You know, when you have players like Clay and, and others hitting threes, uh, Josh Giddy with a, a some really nice open looks there from three in the third quarter isn't able to convert. But I just continue to be really impressed. Jacob, this is something we talked about um, last night on our group podcast, but the Thunder culture, uh, the way this team is coached. Like I said, Dignant calls two timeouts within like probably a two minute game time span um very unhappy with how the thunder were competing on on the defensive end and immediately they get like two back-to-back steals uh play some really really solid defense start to turn the game around um but speaking of that there's a a handful of players here really all the starters plus kendrick (laughs) or a, a couple of the starters plus kendrick williams who kind of um led that comeback there and we're playing really good, I think, on both ends of the floor throughout the majority of the game. I think the big one being Lou Dort. We've talked some about Lou, or at least I have, even on some of my post games. It seems like this season he's not quite as consistent on the defensive end of the floor. And uh, early on, I was trying to decide, like, you know, is that something that he's you – know, maybe he's focusing more on the offensive end, doesn't have the as much effort on the defensive end. You know, was it this? Was it that? Well, I the more and more I watch him, Jacob – um, he's showing up for big matchups. He knows, he seems to realize where this team is at, right? Uh, in terms of tanking, rebuilding. And uh, he's kind of conser- conserving some energy maybe uh, during the dog days of the NBA season and then gets up for games like tonight. I thought he was phenomenal defensively on Steph Curry, a player who he's kind of struggled with on the past, uh, a smaller, quicker guard. thought he did really well against him, played some on Clay, did well, and then obviously has 26 points. 921 shooting isn't great and 312 shooting isn't great but 26 points just kind of uh willing his way to uh, leading this team and, and really kind of set the tone on both ends of the floor for OKC yeah Lou was incredible especially coming off missing a game he's got a nasal fracture he looks like a badass wearing a mask that mask uh, was awesome he's terrifying um but you could just tell he was he was amped up he just played his butt off tonight it was really fun to watch um yeah, really, really impressed by Lou. I'm trying to pull up these stats real quick. How many did Lou have tonight? 26 on 9 of 21. 9 of 21, 3 of 12 from the okay, fourth, so, but 5 of 7 from the free throw line. And I love so, that number. Um, Stats.nba.com has updated with that game. So if you look at the last five games, the Thunder without Shea, Lou is averaging 24.3 points on 45% shooting, uh, 40% from three on nine and a half temps, attempts a game. Nine and a half a game. He's shooting 40%. He's 80% from the free throw line, shooting six and a half a game. That's absurd. 
uh, six rebounds, two and a half assists, three turnovers. So he's got a negative assist to turnover ratio, um, a steal, yeah. a, a one and a half steals and half a block. And he is an average of a plus 5.0. Um, it brings up a really interesting question that I don't want us to, to really dive into because I think we could get really far down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> but we talk a lot about, like, Dort, especially especially when, when Shea is gone, um, somebody has to score points. Somebody has to put up stats. Um, how much of this right now is just a product of Lou having more opportunity and somebody's got to score the ball? versus, I mean, it's been pretty efficient. It's been pretty impressive. Uh, how much of it is just growth by Lou? Um, it's it's fascinating. He's yeah. He's been incredible in these five games. He really Kinda has. Kind of hard to, to evaluate. First of all, our guy Nick, uh, Nick Crane's going to have a little bit of a bone to pick with you there because he tweeted this out 20 minutes ago, and he's saying that over the past five games, Lou, Lou was averaging 24.8 points, 6.2 rebounds, 2.6 assists, 1.6 steals, and 38.3% from three. But... That might have just been Nick Math, and we know we can't trust Nick Math. Yeah, uh, but just thought I would mention it because I had it saved and was going to mention it. But you're exactly right. Good um, stuff by Lou, though. Really good yeah, stuff. Very by good Lou. stuff by Lou. Uh, and, and like I said, it's just great to see him have that same kind of output on the offensive end and being able to compete like he was on the defensive end. But speaking of another two A player t- today, Jacob, um, a guy that we both have been very harsh on this season, um, played really has been playing really well off the bench uh, here over the past month or so. Um, not so well when he's starting, but that is starting to change just a little bit. We, now we've seen this with this player <laughs> when it comes to consistency and stretches, but he's been a little more consistent now that he's been a starter. And I'm talking about Darius Baisley, 20 points, eight rebounds, eight of 16 from the floor, much more efficient than Lou Dort, uh, two of four from three, two of four from the free throw line. Uh, also played the most minutes alongside Lou with 37, uh, both of them having 37 minutes apiece. Talk to me about Baisley and what you saw from him tonight and just briefly maybe what you, you've seen from him uh, since he's come back into the starting role due to injuries. Uh, he was good tonight. Uh, I thought he played great. I thought he was very engaged defensively. He had the Aaron Wiggins matchup for a while. He had, uh, I mean, he was kind of all over the place defensively. You said Aaron again. That's God funny. dang it. Andrew, Andrew. Wiggins. God. <laughs> or maybe maybe you did say Andrew and I heard Aaron. I, I think you said Aaron. <laughs> I think one of them needs to get a name change to something drastic. That is like exactly. Dragon or something. I don't know. That way I'll never get him confused. <laughs> Anyways, um, I mean, Baze has been good. He's been efficient offensively. I think he's really um, trying to fit in offensively and not do too much. There's still times where I think he does too much, um, but he's picking his his spots a lot better. Like he he's playing well and I, and I have to give him his flowers. He's done well. I think the play that is really the epitome of Baze's season right there um, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. They're at the the end, end. massive defensive stop. He basically gets in a fist fight for a rebound, um, rips it away from, I believe it was Looney. Yep. Um, It was incredibly impressive. Yeah. Like like went to the floor game winning play. Yeah, right. exactly. Rips the ball away. They fight for it. Lou, uh, not Lou. Uh, he, Basley he falls to the floor, uh, tips it out, and then forces his way up and beats everybody down the court after he was on the ground. Gets, gets the ball pass, back. And then just kind of completely shits the bed and doesn't know what to do with it and tries to do some crazy wraparound pass to Kenrich. Yes, who's not Completely open. misses it. He sprints, saves it from out of bounds, tries to throw it off the defender's legs. And the defender caught it. And then Golden State runs down the court and gets a three. The effort there is there. The intention is there. The defensive intensity. Effort. 
the, yeah, the defensive intensity was there. The offensive decision making, but the, is the offensive decision making just wasn't quite right. But I feel like he's falling into a role. Um, he and Jacob's he's seen him like again, like watching the game and then going back and looking at the stats are always like kind of two different things with this team. For example, I was like, man, Bays is just knocking down all of his open threes. Well, he only shot four of them and he made two of them. Still was great though. Like seeing him, that that has been a theme since he's been a starter. He's knocking down some of those open threes, particularly from the corner which is huge for him if he's going to stick around long-term as a role player. Yep. So uh, over the past five games, same span that we looked at Lou, uh, Baisley 14 points on five of 11 shooting, uh, 44% from the field, 43% from three on four attempts a game, uh, 65% from the free throw line, 8.6 rebounds, 1.4 assists, uh, and... 1.2 steals and nearly a block a game. Um, That's awesome. I think defensively, he's really taken strides. Uh, I really like what he does defensively. And offensively, it's just kind of, I, I, I've said it a ton of times, I'm going to say it again, just finish plays. Catch yep. the ball and dunk it. Uh, run really hard. Uh, make quick shoot decisions to either shoot it or pass it. Yep. Um, screen and just play hard. Like, Baisley doesn't have the offensive skills to be a focal point, to be a creator. Um, we used to talk about how he's like a pass dribble shoot threat. Um, I would say it's a pass shoot threat now and maybe a little bit less of pass. Uh, I don't really want him dribbling at all, but he can finish on a fast break. He can space the floor a little bit for you. He can play pick and roll a little bit for you. Um yeah, if he's dribbling, the length two times I want to see him dribbling is if he rips a rebound down, there's not a ton of people around him, and he progresses uh, and, and there's like a ball kick ahead or something. Just, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but I don't want him taking it coast to coast, <laughs> to your point. And then also, when he's making, like you keep saying, and you've been spot on about this for a long time, making the quick decision, knowing that the three-point shot maybe isn't completely there and he has the uh, opportunity to go straight to the rim, then I'm okay with that. But I agree, we don't need him creating. Um, but really good stuff from Baisley overall tonight. And like you said, I, I'm glad you wrapped those last five game uh, stats just like we did with Lou because it, it's good to see Baisley take bench bays uh, and, and be a little more consistent as a starter mm-hmm. and some of that translating uh, even as he's starting. Now, another starter, Jacob, that we have to get into. I just uh, continue to be almost irrationally excited at this point about the, really these next two rookies. But uh, the first one I bring up want to bring up is Josh Giddy. after a career high night, uh, a couple nights ago tonight, he wasn't <laughs> nearly as good scoring the basketball yet still had a huge impact on this game, especially down the stretch to see him and Lou kind of in tandem take over like they did and, and almost complete the comeback against one of the best teams in the league without their own best, pl- uh, without the Thunder's own best player, I thought Josh Giddy was fantastic. 16 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 of 16 shooting. Again, just really kind of struggled early on in terms of scoring. Uh, 0 of 3 from the floor, that three-point shot. Each one of those was very, very short. We talked a lot about that last night. But 4 of 4 from the free throw line uh, in 30 minutes. Uh, actually, 4 minutes less than Trey, man. That's interesting. I thought he was going to be the, the third highest minutes. But he he's not. He's the fourth. Uh, actually, Dagnall mentioned this post-game when someone asked him about Josh playing 30 minutes. And they said yeah. because of the length of the season and how much he's played oh, okay. already, they're trying to keep him around that number for right now um, to kind of keep him fresh because they know 
coming from the NBL and playing a season that's like less than half the games of the NBA and more spaced out. Giddy's even mentioned uh, the drag of the season and how many games you play and how often you travel. So okay, I, I think they're, they're trying to lower his his minutes a little bit to keep him a little more fresh. Good. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that because I didn't hear that. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. Now, talk to me about Josh Giddy, uh, what you saw from him tonight. And then just like I said, maybe again, briefly, what you've seen from him since Chase has been out. Uh, Josh is awesome, man. Like 16, 11, and 7 as a rookie is absurd. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again. I think the three-point shot's going to come around. There's just there's too many positive indicators. I think as he gets older, uh, as he gets stronger, he will be much better from the three-point line. Uh, the free throw, the floater, the midi pull-up all insinuate that he is a good shooter with good form um, and that the three-point line is just really far out there and he's really tired. Uh, and it's going to take him some time just to get stronger, to be more comfortable with that shot. So I think he'll get there, but... He's been absolutely impressive. Uh, once again, let's look at stats. Past five since Shea's been out. Uh, Giddy, 17 points a game, 47% from the field. Um, 8.2 rebounds, 6.4 assists, and nearly a steal a game. Uh, he has just been wildly impressive as a 19-year-old kid. He's only going to get better. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, the fact that you know confidence has never been an issue for him uh, the fact that he struggled early on in the game and then was able to close the game like he did, like I said, alongside a player like Lou, that was really, really exciting stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last rookie, the other one I was talking about, obviously Trey Mann, who's been playing really well, had some really fun moments again because that's just what Trey Mann does. Not nearly as big of an output game from him tonight, but 11 points, three rebounds, uh, four assists, only four of 13 from the floor, which isn't great, but three of seven from three, which is kind of cool. And like I said, 34 minutes, which is four more than what Josh got, um, even though you had a really good disclaimer there from uh, what Dignall mentioned, but still. Uh, Trey Mann continues to really improve on both ends of the floor. 
And even though it wasn't his best night tonight, still another solid showing uh, being in that starting role without SGA. Yeah, the four assists are the thing that jump out to me for Trey tonight. I love to see that. Um, he was only one of one of six from inside the arc. Three of seven from three is impressive. Um, he's struggling inside, I think, because of his size and and the size of opponents uh, is much different than his uh, uh, his time in college. But last five for him, 15 and a half points a game on 38 and a half percent from three, uh, 2.2 rebounds, 2.2 assists. Um, really happy with with what Trey is doing and how he's evolving. Um, and, and I think he's going to be a really good long-term piece for OKC. I'm really excited about Trey. I agree. I agree completely. I think the only thing I, I know uh, we're trying to keep this one a little shorter just because of the, the volume of podcasts we've been putting out and are about to put out this week. But I think the one thing that stood, that continues to stand out uh, to me from Trey man during this stretch is just, I keep thinking about him like as that six man, like spark plug off the bench kind of guy. And he's showing like he's so talented already, um, has so much potential that maybe he forces you, even if he's not a starter, like he's going going to be playing starting minutes at one point mm -hmm. for this team he, uh, uh, potentially. And I think defensively, he's been really sound. Yeah, he's no, well. absolutely. And I, I noticed that as well when he was guarding. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I, I don't think it was Steph, but he was guarding maybe Jordan Poole or somebody full court there while they were pressing down there in the end of the game. Uh, just really, really good stuff from Trey. It's exciting. Yeah. Uh, we won't discuss this because this is almost a given every single game, but it's an, just an, an automatic honorable mention, Jacob. Kenrich Williams, 12 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 of 11 shooting, only 2 of 6 from 3, but uh, just Kenrich always does Kenrich things. Yep, steal and a block as well. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Also, it doesn't help if you're trying to win games, which they're not, when you have so many guys uh, injured that Derek Favors and Teo Maladone combined for 36 minutes oh my goodness. Uh, and take a total of one field goal attempt. Oh my gosh. Well, Teo, hey, uh, Teo, 10 minutes, zero. Yes. Zero field goals, um, two rebounds, one assist, two turnovers, one favors foul. in 26 minutes, uh, one field goal, two free throws, seven rebounds is nice. Uh, I think all of them came on that one possession uh, for a total of four points. Um, the two of them uh, combined to give you about what a uh, a cardboard cutout of Shea Gilders Alexander would have given you tonight. No kidding. Yeah, no uh Taylor's just a whole lot of nothing out there, unfortunately. Just he's been a whole lot of nothing. Just of confidence. Yep, I agree. But Jacob, it wouldn't be right if we uh, didn't get out of here it, before we got out of here. If we didn't touch at least on some trade deadline stuff, we finally got a little more uh, Thunder related trade deadline news this morning. Other than just the hypothetical, you know, that we've been under our know, dumping us. ground. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, people using their heads and trying to use it as a report that the Thunder have cap space now. So obviously they're going to take uh, a contract into space and, and try and get uh, try and get assets. I mean, us Thunder Twitter, other Thunder podcasts have been saying that for months now. But we finally got something a little more specific. Jake Fisher, who, who came on the podcast here uh, a little less than a year ago, um, mentioned in a trade deadline report really focused around James Harden, Ben Simmons. If something's actually going to happen there before the deadline doesn't seem likely, but just a little aside, he mentioned that multiple league sources have mentioned the possibility of a Sixers trade with the thunder to move Tobias Harris into Oklahoma city's bounty of cap space, uh, obviously for probably pretty significant assets. If that were to happen, what were your thoughts on that, Jacob? Uh, and, and what are you thinking? this means for the thunder heading into the deadline. 
I think I don't know this for sure by any means. I think front office people who talk to Jake hypothesized, oh, if they need to get rid of Tobias Harris, Oklahoma City is the place to do it. I don't think it's a report that that has been talked about between those two teams. I don't think it's a report that it's been something that they've dug into, that it's something that either one of those two teams, Philly or OKC, is interested in. Yep. I think it's hypothesizing from other front office folks and then mentioning those hypotheses to Jake and then Jake reporting them. Um, personally, Taylor, I just don't see it. Tobias Harris is almost 30 years old. He is owed $36 million this year, $37.5 million next year, and then nearly $40 million in 2023-2024. You would be combining that with Shays Max. You would be combining that with um, the Lou extension if he's still on this team, what you extend him. Um, the, the new CBA um, salary cap. You know, a post TV revenue deal happening in 2023, 2024. So, and here's my thing like the Thunder took on Derek Favors for nothing. Um, He makes 10 million a year, and the Thunder commanded a first round pick for that. So, if the going rate is a first round pick for $10 million uh, for two seasons, um, then for Tobias Harris, you should be getting by that math like four first round picks for taking that on. Um, if, if you want to equate the same value, but I think it gets ex- exponentially more valuable to take on that much money over that long of a period of time. Um, it would have to be something insane yep. for OKC to take on that contract. I just, unless it's, uh, I, I just, I do not, see any way in hell that happens unless it's like I think Philly owes OKC a 2025 first that's protected so unprotect that give us two more unprotected picks give us Tyrese Maxey right like I just you're asking a team to to eat A significant salary. 100, $110 million? Yeah. Over three years? Over three years. And get rid of their own financial flexibility? Who doesn't... I mean, who's, he, not take, he, who's not raising your ceiling, but is raising your floor and going to make it impossible for you to, to finish right. out the tank? Just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't see it happening. And if you don't pay him, that's a very, it's just way too expensive. Or sorry, pay him. If you don't play him... Way too expensive to do that. Also, it's impossible. Trade them. You you have to attach assets, so that kind of counter, you know, contradicts taking them on for assets. Um, No, I'm exactly with you. I think um, just two really quick asides, maybe uh, to provide like a little more context. Uh, Friend Donnie Hazelwood, um, OU fan, Thunder, uh, Thunder fan, uh, somebody who's followed the pod for a while, was talking to me about this this morning on Twitter and just said, you know, in, in that case, not that he agrees that it needs to happen, but like you would send Derek favors or somebody like that to like make it uh, where you're not necessarily like over the cap. Like there's ways to construct it to where you're not just like automatically going to be over the cap for taking on Tobias Harris. Um, again, even then it doesn't really make sense. And then the only other thing as well is uh, not just Jake Fisher's report this morning, but uh, you know, if we're being completely honest, kind of a, 
maybe the the most reputable of all Woj had a report today about the the Simmons and Harden talks as well and he mentioned how both he had, again this isn't quote you know a direct quotes but mentioned how um both Philly uh, obviously Maury and um and Brooklyn both kind of feel like they have leverage in this situation Philly because you know they they think that uh Harden can just leave for nothing in the offseason, so why would we overpay and attach a whole bunch of picks to Simmons to get Harden? While by you know, on the other side, you have Brooklyn thinking, well, look what all you're going to have to do, all the assets you're going to have to give up to create cap space. So why would we just give you Harden for Simmons straight up, essentially? Um, we want all the assets that right now that it would take for you to have to clear cap space in the offseason to be able to sign him out right. So is this maybe some uh a little uh, negotiating tactic leaking this to the media that, Oh, well, okay. So you could just uh, take Tobias and cap space and see, we have ways of clearing cap space. Maybe it's a leverage move by Maury who likes to use me. Definitely could be. It definitely could be. I just, I, I just don't see it happening. Like maybe it's more of a uh, Tobias Harris to Houston and John Wall to OKC and the Thunder getting a pick from both of those two teams. And John Wall, uh, he's got a player option next year that he's going to opt into because it's freaking $47 million, which is absurd. But if you could, if you could eat John Wall's contract for a year for two firsts, like maybe you do that. Um, But it's just, I look, I think team trade, team trade. Yeah. Russell Westbrook somehow back to OKC. No, stop. Player coach. Stop. Stop. Like maybe like eight stop. minutes off the bench. Stop. Stop. Maybe stop. five. Stop. 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 <laughs> um, okay, Jacob. So Monday night, we're recording this Monday night before the, the trade deadline uh, coming up on Thursday. We have one more game Wednesday night. You're, you're going to be covering that one. Um, shoot, maybe I'll join you and return the favor. And we'll hey, just record every, look every at you. What a week. guy. <laughs> but I have a question for you because I've been thinking about this all day, mainly because I'm just kind of craving it at this point. It's that time of the year. Um, do you think we have any other trades between tonight at 1018 Central Time when we're recording this and Wednesday night, um, basically the, the, last post, the, the last podcast we'll be doing before the deadline Thursday? I don't think we'll have any more trades to talk about. I think every all the other moves that are going to happen are going to happen on Thursday. I like it. Deadlines make like people usual, work. Like there's there's uh, some like early trades that trickle in, just like one or two that are. I think about noon average. our time is when the rubber meets the road, as they say. Okay, and then the floodgates will open. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's some I'm floodgates. Hoping so too. I am hoping. Me. You too. ready to get out of here? I'm ready to get out of here. Very fun stuff. Thank you again to Jacob for joining me tonight and uh, for a very fun game. The Thunder end up uh, dropping this one to the Warriors, but not without a very impressive comeback there in the fourth quarter. Obviously without SGA still, Mike Mascala now out until uh, until at least the All-Star break. Just a really impressive effort overall and just a continuation of themes that I think we've seen over the past couple of weeks. So, like Jacob mentioned, very, very busy week for the Contested. We have tonight's post game. Wednesday night, Jacob will have you covered. Maybe I'll join. Maybe somebody else will join in as well. Thursday, we have our trade deadline. Um, you know, we'll be breaking that down live and then we'll actually do a, a post trade trade deadline podcast as well. Uh, I believe Friday night there's a game 
and another Friday, Saturday back to back. So just all kinds of thunder stuff going on this week and none other than that. Contessa will have you covered for it all. So thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, get us 400 followers for the Poku giveaway. And as always, and until next time, thunder out.